What is up, everybody? Welcome back to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is sick, lying in bed, and has nothing better to do but to watch anime from the winter 2017 anime season. I'm David. I'm dealing with an upper respiratory infection after only recovering from a really bad case of the common cold, but I've still been watching anime. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Shay, the anime reviewer girl. What's up, Shay? How are you feeling? How have you been? I'm feeling better. I also got sick with the common cold, and then right after that, I got re-sick again with a sore throat, thanks to my lovely parents, who also got sick. (laughs) And along with me here in the Midwest of the United States, uh, also dealing with and and hopefully getting over an ailment of his own, young Codiferous Cody Anderson. What's up, Cody? The difference for me is I had the flu, but I'm mostly recovered, but I still need my sleep every now and then. I I completely agree. Um thankfully I did not completely get pneumonia. Um I almost did. Um, but yeah, welcome everybody to the sickest, most unhealthy anime podcast of the winter season. So we've all, while we've been working on recovering, we've been watching a few episodes of Scum's Wish and Chaos Child. Now, in the last episode, we just got the first two episodes underway, and uh, now we're going to get caught up. We we like to do around two or three episodes at a time, but since we, we had to skip a few, we've caught all the way up to episode six. So we're going to jump in with Scum's Wish, Kuzu no Honkai. And wow, this show... This show really doesn't let up, Shay. Um, now that we're six episodes in, uh, Shay, uh, what are you feeling about it so far? I'm feeling good about it. I don't know. Maybe this is from a girl's point of view, but I just feel like there's so much drama between the two female leads that it's like they're like, it's interesting to watch. And for me, it's kind of like not bringing back memories but it's kind of like weirdly enough it's it feels like it's something that a lot of girls have probably gone through maybe not to this extreme but maybe with and that this is specifically with aspect. this is specifically with hanabi the the main female yes. protagonist and yes. uh the and teacher akane. girl akane yes and, and as we found uh later on as the show has progressed we find that akane is not the innocent anime school teacher we were originally expecting her to be. Uh, because in the beginning, Mugi, Hanabi's quote-unquote boyfriend, uh, had a crush on her. And mm-hmm. now we figured out why and how we got there. Yes. So you find out a lot about Akane. You find out her manipulative side to her and how she treats guys pretty much and weirdly enough she in some way kind of sees herself in hanabi which is why she treats her the way she does and kind of pushes her to her extent because hanabi in a way kind of does the same thing with mugi and then later on with her friend echen 
Now, the relationship with Hanabi and Echen, Hanai, uh, that yeah. one is, gets really, really complex. Uh, Cody, we're, we're six episodes in to Kuzuno Hankai, Scum's Wish. Uh, we're seeing Hanabe being kind of lusted after all over the place. We've seen Akane out herself as being uh, a really manipulative, mean person. And things are getting really, really, really suggestive. And wow, C- Cody, how are you feeling so far? You know, I like it. I don't know if I love it quite yet, but I like it. But yeah, Akane, she is probably the cruelest villain, quote unquote, villain of this anime season. That's if you want to call her that, but she just brings so much drama while being a messy and entertaining character. With her leading people on and training as a game, she is straight out of a reality te- television show. I always have a soft spot for those characters, but yes, the whole Obato thing with Hanabe. I have a different perspective on that, and I failed to mention that last time. I feel for her. The reason is because a certain character is relatable to me, and that's, you know, Ibotta. She suspected that Hanabi uh, didn't have feelings for Mugi and thought it was the same reason she didn't feel that way about boys. She took her chance. You know, in episode four, that was probably one of the saddest moments I've seen. It was the scene between Ibotta and Hanabi. You know the scene, the conversation with Akane right before it. Ibotta knows that she is being used. Her friend suddenly does not feel the same way about her. Mm. She will take this hit. Maybe it will kill her inside afterward, but you know, now she will take every moment that she can with the person she loves. An encounter like this just lets her pretend for one night. But the thing is, um, it's very relatable f- for those in the LGBT community. Having real uh, feelings for someone that's heterosexual and like Kanabi, you get so worked up and you want that to be, you'll just want that for one moment to be with them. And I find that relatable. I'm sure others do as well. Now, what did you, Cody, think about the fact that Hanabe, Hanabi, she really, there were moments in, well, really throughout the entire series where. She is sexually active, for the lack of a better term, with a guy and a girl, but the entire time, she's really not, how do I put this, she's not emotionally connected to either of them, uh, and this is something that could be very harmful to her friends specifically. What do you think of that? Oh yeah, it's definitely harmful. Um, how I can put this? She's almost just as bad as Akane at this point. She has her own people she's leading along, whether she realizes she's a teenager and she doesn't have the... She can't really deal with these complex situations at this point, and she's trying to learn how to navigate those. And... It's a it's a difficult situation for her because, you know, in the, I guess the latest episode she realizes that, um, she doesn't want to lead her on and she even tries to end it. I was p- feeling pretty sympathetic for Abato until episode six. For the most part, 
I know what it's like to be her, and I truly feel for her, but this ep- that episode made it hard to feel for her in a positive manner. That was edging edging on the line of rape, and that's not something I want to see in the Scum's Wish. That's a whole different kind of scum in general. That has There have been a few moments in oh, yeah. Scum's Wish that have really, really pushed that line that is... Uh, I, I shudder to use that word, but it was getting very, very close to that line. And it made me, and it made the show at times very, very difficult and very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. to watch. Yeah. But, but I guess that's, that's why it's being as talked about as much as it is, because it's tackling such a significant subject. Uh, Shay. Yes. Uh, th- this, like I said, here we have the main character, Hanabi. Uh, she is essentially, in some ways, doing the things that Akane is doing, while at the same time, she's really not emotionally connected. You see these inner dialogues that she's having through the show so far with this younger child version of herself that always kinds of hangs around to remind her what she's doing is is wrong. Yeah. Um, is is that something that uh, how do I put this? Is this something that kind of reflects how uh, people can feel about themselves when there are so many complicated situations like this? I mean, it, I think this is a really unique storytelling dynamic that we have this younger Hanabi talking to her through all of this, reminding her that the things she's doing aren't kosher. Yeah, I feel like in a way it's kind of like Hanabi is learning more about herself. So in a way she's, I don't know how to, like I kind of know how to explain it, but then I kind of don't. It's kind of like she's- Try anyway, it's okay. She's, <laughs> it's like I've she's said plenty weird, of dumb stuff. <laughs> it's like she's in this weird competition with Akane and she's learning- it's like she's looking at Akane and how she is with these guys. And then she's kind of looking at herself and how she is. And then she's thinking in a weird way that that's how she has to do it. So she's kind of copying her in a weird way. That's kind of the feeling that I'm getting. But then she has a child version of herself telling her kind of like, this isn't you. And then she's kind of fighting with her inner self of like, while this isn't me, this is how it seems like you have to play the game to get what you want strangely enough. So it does, it's like, it goes against her morals. So it's kind of like in a weird way that she's growing, she's trying to learn more about herself and what she shouldn't and shouldn't do based off of like trial and error in a weird way. And I feel like that's something that everyone who, who's is a current teenager or is, or it has been a teenager has gone through at some point, even as an adult, you still go through that because you'll see your friend do something and get what they want. And then you kind of want that or you wonder how they got it. So then you try to do the same things. And a lot of times it doesn't work for you because that's just not you. And I feel like with Hanabi, that's where she's, that's where she's getting from. And I feel like the whole entire situation is something that, that everyone has kind of gone through or felt that way, or it's kind of the way that society is now today, how most people get relationships with people and they have no emotional attachment to them, but they just want to be with them for the physical aspect of it. And then along the way, someone's feelings get hurt or along the way they start to have feelings for that person. And it doesn't work out that way because they either can't be with the person that they want to be with, 
or like um, Cody said, they just want to be with that person just for one night or just for one moment, just to have that, even though they know the other person's not into it or doesn't want anything more. Which brings me to Moogie. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like the last couple of episodes, he hasn't been around as much. Uh, and there's been a lot of focus on Hanabi. And there's something that I had thought early on in the show, and I'm, I'm just going to throw my prediction out there. I was starting to think that maybe, just maybe, by the end of this series, we would see the two main characters, Mugi and Hanabe, uh, stumble and fumble their way into realizing they both have actual feelings for one another that's my prediction my hot take i'm running with it and it seemed like shay as you said that they seem to both be going in a direction where they are trying to end up with someone else when Mm -hmm. it's either not reciprocated or it was just a one night thing or a one time thing or just a physical thing yeah, it's and kind of a, I'm wondering if that might be the path, the very rocky, uncomfortable path that both are taking. And it just yeah. seems like I don't I don't they're focusing on Hanabi getting there first and maybe Mugi will come around eventually later in the series. Uh, I don't know. I've just noticed that Mugi has not been around as much in the last few episodes. Yeah. Was that me? No, I noticed it too. I feel like Mugi, I feel like Mugi had like his own inner demons that he was dealing with too. Because whenever you did see him, he was always it was always sometimes in a you would see him and then he would always be in a flashback to a specific moment in time. Um, and that's where it seems like it was it was coming from. But I also do agree with you that I feel like I do predict that the two main that Hanabi and Mugi are going to end up together in the end. But it's going to be that common. Um, the common thread of unrequited love and then you end up falling for someone that you told yourself you wasn't going to fall for but you fall for them anyway and I also feel like that's the path that it's going to end up taking Uh, Cody uh, Mookie uh, uh, like I said I hadn't noticed him around much lately um, what have you thought of the, the little involvement that he's had with, with either Akane, uh, Hanabe, and, uh, his, his other friend? It, it just seemed, it just seemed like he was on the back burner a little bit to me. What do you think? Yeah, Boogie is an interesting character. He hasn't really been around, at least in episode six, he wasn't, but he was around a little bit in five, I believe, with his whole arc with May. But yeah, his his vulnerability was on full display in that episode. I can remember uh, how he was he was devastated that made it end up spending the night after his one night stand after calling her, and a lot of entertainment uh, entertainment mediums lack or do not depict men showing vulnerability well enough. And when it comes to anime, it feels like the moments are just written off as comedic moments to mask the pain. And I felt like in Scum's Wish, it was actually written well enough to show that but yeah i can see like shay said both of them ending up together in the end or maybe hanabi realizes she doesn't need anyone because when it comes to her there's so many underlying issues 
Like I believe that she she just so empty inside, and she needs to see that she doesn't need sex or love to fill that. She just there's there's other underlying issues such as her dad leaving that's making this hole. She's trying to fill that void, and she's failing at it. That that was one thing that I wrote in my notes. I, I wrote, "Oh no, daddy issues," and that. That that is something that's not going that that will have to be addressed later on. And one thing you you did mention, uh, I, I had said that there were times in the first few episodes of of the show where it seemed like there had been a little bit too much comedic relief, and they've really kind of tuned that down a little bit, which I've really appreciated as well. Uh, as the series has gone on, there's a few less slice of life comedy moments. Because the the characters are developing and progressing towards whatever it is they will develop towards. Um, but also, guys, I'll throw this around. Uh, Cody, I've noticed a lot of people talking about this show. Uh, it really seems to have captured a lot of attention. Yes. What do you think that might have been? What do you think might have been the cause of that for for this show in particular? Uh, what drew so many people to Scum's Wish? Do you think? I think it's just so different from what else is going on this anime season. Like it's not last season had what? I can't, I can't even really remember last season. To be honest. Yeah, we didn't do that one. Remember? Yeah, that's well. It had Yuri on Ice. And, other. and not much else. Yeah. <laughs> I guess people are moving away from the fantasy and shonen-type anime and branching out, discovering that anime can be a wonderful medium that can do so many genres and just up your taste a little. Uh, it's it's like what I've been telling people for years, Cody. I feel like that's what I've been telling people for years. Just do better. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Shay, um, like I said, I've noticed a lot of people discussing this show. Um, in your opinion, uh, especially as a woman, uh, what do you think has caught on with this show so much? I think it's because it's so relatable. Honestly, like I feel like it's something that everyone has gone through. Everyone has gone through the aspect of liking someone who doesn't like them back or who doesn't even notice that you like them. And it's that unrequited love. And they also know the feeling of dating someone or even going on a date with someone that you really don't have any like emotional connection to, but just going out anyway for the sake of kind of going out with someone or even a lot of people who may have had these situations of having a friends with benefits with someone just because you both don't have the person that you want. And I feel like that's why, because the drama that's going on is the same drama that happens in those actual situations. And not only that, but as a female, you know, when you have two characters like Akane and Hanabi, where Akane is much more experienced than Hanabi is, you have that weird competition aspect of where the girl that's more experienced is able to get the guys that she wants and knows how to get what she wants. And you have the girl that's inexperienced still learning or trying to learn how to do that or trying to be comfortable in her own skin without having to do that, but thinking that that's the only way. So I feel like that's why it's because as a female of it being relatable 
and as overall for anyone who's been in those situations and they're just like, this has totally been me or they're saying I know someone and I feel like that's why it's so heavily talked about. And also because it is it is also different and very, very dramatic of a show and not so much of a comedic show. All right. Um, one other thing that I've noticed in this show specifically is how sex is used. Uh, in this anime so far, we've seen quite a few pretty, not totally graphic, but pretty close uh, moments between characters, uh, men, women, and sometimes both. And, Akane specifically, she uses it almost as a weapon to get what she wants and, and to get people to kind of do her bidding and to manipulate them and to have that power. And Shay, I, I want to get your opinion on this as well. Uh, Cause I noticed the, the contrast between Ak- Akane and Hanabe, uh, Hanabe, so far in the series, has kind of been used as almost an object, whereas Akane has been using sex and her sexuality to a certain end. And it's something that's really... It's really fascinating to watch. It's a great way to kind of show the contrast between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just shows, goes to show the experience that Akane has and Hanabi does not have that experience. And I hate to use this term, but it kind of fits kind of with what Akane is doing. And the term I want to use is called, <laughs> and you can bleep this out if you like. No, it's, it's fine. Go for it. Go for it. It's basically called the power of the pussy. And this is oh, where yeah. a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of girls will use this because they know that, you know, if they, you know, sleep with a guy and a guy gets hooked on it, that they might have that guy wrapped around their finger. And I feel like Th- this Akane folks, knows how to use this, that. ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, <laughs> is the God's honest truth. I feel like that's how it is. And with Hanabi, since she doesn't have that, and since she is technically in this show, she is a virgin. They talk about it in the show um, briefly, and since she doesn't know how to use that, she can be used as an object because she doesn't have that control and she doesn't have that aggressiveness like Akane does. And that's where you see those huge contrasts. I feel like if Hanabi used it just like how Akane did, she would have every guy and girl that she wanted, but she doesn't use it like that because number one, she's not as sure. So she doesn't have that confidence and she has other underlying issues Whereas Akane knows that she can use that and get exactly what she wants and she's confident in using it. And she also has that innocence about her that makes people gravitate towards her not knowing how she really is. Hanabe will soon learn that there is no more powerful weapon in the world. Yeah. There is no <laughs> more powerful weapon. Uh, <coughs> on that note, Chaos Child. Uh Continuing on from the science adventure in Noe Tom in a Block, uh, the kids are still investigating the murders, and our buddy Takaru is still going for- through his delusions. Now, 
I'm just going to deduct a few points away from Chaos Child because of the title of the fourth episode of the show. Because they referenced an internet meme in their title. And for that, we've got to deduct some points. Did episode they? four. Yes, episode four is called Bad Apple. It's a Toho thing. It, it's something from Toho. Oh, nope. That was my fault. That was actually Scum's Wish. That yeah. was the Bad Apple episode. Sorry. Sorry. The medication's kicking in, guys. Sorry. Couldn't help it. But I yeah. guess Scum's Wish is the one that loses the points. Yeah. I mean, it's still got plenty, Dang. but it loses some points for, for referencing a meme. But Chaos Child. Uh, we find out a little bit more about Takaru's special ability uh, and why he has the delusions that he has. And uh, what are you guys thinking about this one so far? Cody, we're uh, up to episode six of Chaos Child. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it seems like we haven't gotten too far yet. It's it's feeling like a very, very slow burn. Yeah, it's definitely a slow burn. The pacing could definitely be changed up. But I'm actually enjoying it. It's a nice contrast to Scum's Wish. Uh, that Scum's Wish is mature for an entirely different reason. Due to the sex and emotional nature of the show, while this is more the spectrum that you're going to be murdered. That's why it's mature. But I've enjoyed it so far. Some cool uh, I'm enjoying it too. I am enjoying yeah. it too. Um, I would say that the characters are all pretty cool overall. Um, I, I don't know. Are either of you guys watching it subbed or dubbed? Uh, are you? Are either of sub. you watching? Just I'm watching, Shay, are you wa- watching the subbed. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe it's just because my old adult brain is not quite what it used to be. There have been times where I think that watching it subbed has been a little bit more of a challenge because it's such a dialogue heavy show. And the, <coughs> excuse me, and the action is taking some time to really get moving at times, I've noticed. There's, this isn't a typical crime show where there's, investigation and and things moving constantly uh there have been a few episodes where there's been a lot of sitting around and deliberating and talking and like cody and i said uh the the pace is a little slow but Mm -hmm. not necessarily too slow uh that's at least for me what do you think shay i also agree it is very much a slow pacing of a show and like you mentioned it is a very heavy dialogue show so sometimes it will catch me like not zoning out but not completely paying attention because i'm trying to see the action or i want to see the action but it is very slow getting to the action but i think it's because it's trying to gear us up for the action hopefully later on in the series because of the fact that they are i hope setting us up for more later on with all this dialogue that we're getting and all this heavy, heavy information that we're getting regarding all these different characters. Yeah, and it's, it's I, certainly dialogue heavy. And I think a problem that I had with the dialogue is I watched 
two of the three episodes when I was sick. And, you know, it's so hard reading anime subtitles when you're sick. Yeah. And especially, there's just so much of it. But I, I'll admit, some of the dialogue had me laughing. Especially with the character Mia, the uh, investigator broadcaster. When she mentioned about uh, cutting into their brains to open them up. She was just so serious and everyone just took her for it. I couldn't help but laugh. I do want to give the show some credit because the the action that has been there has been pretty suspenseful. Like when they were down in the cellar and Takaru started to lose it. That was exciting. Uh, the, the woman that is now chasing them, uh, in episodes five and six, these are all exciting, suspenseful things. So action wise, I think they're doing just enough. But sometimes with mystery anime and suspense anime and thriller anime is that they're so predicated on what's going to happen next. And I feel like Chaos Child is not giving, not giving me enough to say, all right, I'm really excited to see what's next. It's more like I'm, I'm, I'm still interested. We just need to move along a little quicker. I don't know how long the show is going to be. I don't think it's going to be a, a 24 episode show. It might be 24, 25 episodes. So if it is, if it is going to go a full season, then okay. But right now, I feel like, especially with, we have the serial killer, we have the investigation going on, we have a few external elements, like the woman that's chasing them, like the explanation behind the, the pyrokinesis and Takaru's delusions. I feel like now is the time for it to start ramping up a little bit. That that's my opinion at least. Um Shay, uh how are you feeling about like those things, those different dimensions to the show so far? I do like them. Um like you also mentioned the parts where there has been a lot of action has been super exciting. Like when they were down in the what was it the morgue of the hospital and they had yeah. to hide those action scenes where he did lose it and he thought that the people were actually after them, those parts were totally exciting. And then I was highly upset when it wasn't for real. <laughs> but overall, like the action sequences, like you mentioned, have been truly, truly amazing. But it's just the fact that it's become a show for me that when I watch it, I'm hoping there's action. And then when there isn't, I'm disappointed. Because I was like, oh, okay, more information. But so far, the different characters, though, that they have introduced and the new sequence, like the new sequences with the new characters, have helped it along a little bit. Uh, Cody, you and I watched a mystery anime, or more like a thriller anime, uh, not that long ago together for its season, called Erased. <laughs> And that went fairly well, but it ended up being relatively short. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended up being relatively short. Uh, I, I would like you to just give your quick take on the idea of this show 
this show kind of giving you just enough information as it goes on. And I'll be right back, guys. Uh, six episodes through, I can say that I like this show. I don't love it yet. There hasn't been an episode that I haven't liked. There's only been one that I loved, and Shay just talked about it with the mental hospital in the morgue. Mm-hmm. I think the delusions are fun for the viewer, but not fun for Takaru. And Chaos Child has been solid at consist- uh, consistency level, but I think it does need to up its game for the next half, or depending if it goes to 24, that's another whole lot of episodes they have to do. Yeah, I also agree. It needs to up it a little bit more, I think, if it wants to keep a lot of people's attention. Because the fact that it is so heavily intensive that if anyone is someone that's a huge um, junkie for action, they might lose interest halfway through the series um, if they don't see any potential. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Especially since there's so many shows each anime season and... If you don't like one, you can easily drop it at a moment's notice. And Exactly. There's so many other shows like this as well, and you need something to set it apart. And I think it does to an extent, due to the universe it's set in with, it, it's already established as like the Steinsgate universe, but mm-hmm. they do yeah. need to up the game a little bit. Yeah, even with shows that are... are even with the show being set in the in the Steinsgate um, universe, per se, um, even Steinsgate had its moments where it was a lot of talk, but it also had a lot of action in between it, so that you as the viewer weren't just overloaded with information and with nothing happening. And I think that's where with with uh, with Chaos Child that I'm kind of in the middle for. Like, it's not to the point where I'm, like, completely disinterested, but it's kind of to the point where sometimes when I watch it, I feel like this is going to be a chore for me to get through for a minute. And then when something exciting happens, it, like, revamps me and makes me re-interested in the show to see what's going to happen next. Agreed. And seeing as sometimes it does feel like you're just sitting there, like, how far through the episode am I? And Right. I Yeah, and I just think scum's wish i don't feel that way for that show no for chaos for chaos child i am definitely more so watching the clock and trying to figure out how far am i in this series and then when i'm like oh i'm like 10 minutes in i'm like i have another like 15 minutes maybe and then with scum's wish it feels like the time goes by so quickly because i'm so immersed in the storyline and i'm really trying to see what happens next and then i'm anticipating the next episode that with chaos child it's a little bit harder for me to feel like I have to get through the entire episode. And for what regarding chaos child, I think the difference between the two shows that chaos child may have too many characters compared to scum's wish. And it's harder to flesh them out. Right. And I feel like also with chaos child being so heavily like scientific intensive that it can kind of lose interest with those that don't have um, that huge of an interest in like science and um, and crime and things like that. Whereas with Scum's Wish, it's something that is like relatable because it's like it's a love story slash drama 
which everyone's and, and always I will say, into. <laughs> as someone who is a big science and crime nerd, if I were watching Chaos Child dubbed, I know I'd be absolutely loving it. I know I would be. I know I'd be totally locked in because I, I love the science and crime anime. I, I loved a lot of the other Noe Tamina shows, uh, the science adventure shows. And there are moments in Chaos Child that are a little standalone complex-ish in, in the mm-hmm. fact that it is a crime investigation, which I think is really cool. And uh, like I was talking about with Cody a second ago and with Erase and that, that was also a crime investigation. And I like that kind of thing. But but I totally get it when it comes to Scum's Wish as well. It's it's a really fascinating and very intense character, very, very personal character drama, which I get a lot of people will relate to. I totally get it. And... I'm really enjoying both for totally different reasons, which is really what, really what it's all about. And, and I can say absolutely, it, I will probably watch Chaos Child dubbed just so I can get a better understanding of what's happening. Yeah. I probably will too, because I also watched Steinsgate dubbed and yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it when Steinsgate, Steinsgate dubbed to me was amazing and I loved watching it. And I feel like that's kind of where I wish chaos child would go is because of the fact that with steins gate while it was it dealt with a lot of like technology and a lot of science stuff it also had some comedic aspects in it that made that if you weren't super into that that you still thoroughly enjoyed watching the main character wear himself out and you loved watching the technology aspect because in a way you understood it and i think with chaos child since it's a lot more a lot less comedic at times or very less comedic compared to signs of gate that it can lose people that aren't that into it and also with mentioning scum's wish they're both so vastly different shows so you go from a show that's crime and and everything else like that to scum's wish that's all drama it's two very very different shows but you know what? That's exactly what we picked. That That's exactly yeah, why we picked it. these shows. That's exactly why we're here. And that's exactly why we think you guys should be watching both of these shows and talking about them with us. Uh, that's with me at Just Call Me DJM, uh, at Cody at Cody underscore Anderson, no O. And that is Shay at Anime Review Girl or Anime yeah. Reviewer Girl. Anime review girl. All right. They wouldn't let me have the ER. <laughs> ah, the bastards. Uh, guys, I think it's time for me to go to bed and uh, unfortunately clean up a little bit of my carpet. Uh, Shay, I know you just put out a new video. What have you got going on? Oh, um, so I currently have a new video out. I did an anime, seven anime questions tag. And then my video before that was a review on the Kiss Him, Not Me anime. And along with that, I am also doing a giveaway. So check that out um, and be a part of that giveaway if you would like. And I'll have a new video planned for this coming Saturday where I announce the giveaway winners. Um, And yeah, I post a new video every Wednesday and Saturday. So look out for those. And uh, what is it, if you can uh, give the listeners a little radio tease, what is it that you're giving away? 
I am giving away three pairs of tickets to the new Sword Art Online Ordinal Scale movie. And I was thankful enough to be able to get that opportunity to give those away. So I'm choosing three people um, who would uh, be able to get a hold of those tickets. And basically all you have to do if, is subscribe to my YouTube channel and then comment down below on the Kiss Him Not Me review video um, why you like Sword Art Online and why you want to see the movie. And then I just might pick you. And where can we find your YouTube channel, Shay? It is youtube.com slash C slash anime review girl. Nice. Thank you, Shay. And good luck to any potential winners. Cody Anderson, Young Codiferous. Oh, God, living in the Midwest in the winter is horrible, isn't it? It's awful. Oh, tell me about it. Last week it was, <laughs> what, like 30 degrees? Now it's like close to 70. Yeah. Ooh, just yeah. understand. I'm, I'm still dying. Um, but before I die, tell me what you've got going on so we can let the fine folks know about it. Me? What do I have going on? Well, right now, senior year is kicking my ass, and I'm trying to catch up on that after being sick. But I will be eventually continuing my anything but regular review of regular show from the from the beginning, even with some cool fan information about the creators and the history of the project. Very, very good. And what's the URL on that, Cody? Anything but regular reviewer dot wordpress dot com. All right. Thank you, Cody Anderson. I'm David. Once I'm able to speak full sentences again and have the full capacity of my lungs, I might <laughs> I might be doing something on my YouTube channel. But until then, you can subscribe to It's in Season in iTunes and Stitcher Radio, as well as the anime podcast of some sort. Thanks for listening, everybody. I've got nothing left.